0: So, there we are. Today, we're beginning a series called Parenting uh, in the 21st Century, and um, and I want you to, to know that, that you are a part of a church that um, can answer the tough questions. Not that we know everything. That's not what I'm saying. Why should I ask you, uh, for instance, those of you who are online, some of you who are online, you need to stay online because it's still not safe for you to be out and about um, you know, in the... Um, in the, the COVID world. And we honor that. Some of you are in scattered in all kinds of different places, and you honor us by being with us online. But the truth is, some of you who are online need to be online here in one of these seats. Amen. I'm just saying. And as we look around at these seats here, uh, it's not about filling these seats with with just behinds. It is it is about the stories that are told in those seats, every seat represents a story that God created that He wants to bring into His love, and and why should you do that? Well, I want to tell you you should do that because this is a church that is seeking to live the gospel in real-world ways. Uh, We are active in holistic ministry throughout the week. The last Sunday of the month, we go out and we serve uh, as our worship in the world, and God's story is being told, and God's uh, will is being done. That's why you should step up and give your best efforts in the days to come. I Allison just to come in, just to share just a little bit um, uh, about uh, some of the stuff that happened in our last Leave Your Seat Sunday. Um, so, so tell us, what was your experience with this?
1: Yeah, so last month I had the, the privilege, the blessing of leading um, a group that went to Marley Glenn School Marley Glenn School is a special education school. If you're not sure what that means, it means that the students who attend that school maybe have some more significant needs. And so they're going there to get those needs met. And so we got to um, paint, we got to put together what they're calling a vocational classroom, which is going to be used to teach their students life skills, such as like folding laundry, washing dishes, things like that. And you guys. We started an Amazon wish list to fulfill a lot of the needs that the school had. You guys showed up. Everything on that list was bought because of your (laughs) generosity and your faithfulness. So as a mama of a child who has special needs, man, thank you. Thank you. And so that was something that we did with about 40 people. And we had a blast. And you know what? We're doing it again this month. So you can get involved too.
0: Allison, thank you so much. I love hearing stories like that. And Allison, uh, she has a lot more. Every single week from here on in, you're going to be hearing stories of what God is doing. And I'm just telling you, when you begin to see the kingdom of God come in people's lives, and, and it stops being sort of plastic and sitcom-like, and, and, uh, and flat churchy, and it becomes just real. You see, God doesn't work with people who got everything all together and their lives are, are just tripping down the yellow brick road. God works with real people, with real problems and real issues. Um, and, and, and that means He works with us. It's, it's, it's kind of a messy spirituality, but that's the work of grace. And to see God's love winning in people's lives, to see what God is doing in our community through you, is absolutely amazing. You know, every week in the food bank, there's just amazing stories um, as, as people are not just given food, they're given love um, coming through the line. So, that's why it's worth you, as we move into the fall, to, to step up in your own involvement, your own connection, your own commitment, uh, your own service at the church at Severn Run. Guys, we're not just going to lay down and, and take, uh, you know, Satan beating us with a, with a baseball bat. We're going to step up and step out in Jesus' name. Jesus said the fields are wide to harvest um, if you've got eyes to see. In, in other words, Jesus is saying there's, there is an endless number of people who will respond to my love if you will be my love. And we're going to do that. Amen? That's, that's where we're going. And again, I'm asking you guys to, uh, to step it up. As we start talking about parenting in the 21st century, I just want to say there's probably been a never, a never been a more difficult time to be a parent. Um, just, it just is. And today is going to be very foundational and, and very theological. And actually, as we talk about parenting in the 21st century, um, we're going to talk about us for, for a, a moment to lay the foundation of that. So, help me today by giving me a a graceful ear to listen as we lay the foundation of what it means to parent in the 21st century. And and then we're going to kind of unpack that in the days and the weeks to come. Guys, we are here on earth to do the work of God, nothing else. You're not here to get ahead, you're not here to be first in the rat race. Uh, You're not here to gather the most stuff or the most money or the biggest 401k that you can. You are here on earth to do the work of God. And that work is kind of surprising um, because the work that we're supposed to do first is to be loved by God. That is the biggest work that you will ever do. It is the work that you will struggle the most to let be done in your life. To trust God to love you um, with his agape in, in eternal ways. Then, the second work, after we do the work of letting God love us, is to be the love of God in the world, to be the redeeming love of God in a broken world. It's all summed up in just the statement to to be loved. And if you will remember this and and work on this, um, it is, it's the, the call of God That's the sum of everything. That's what we've got to do. The reality is, though, that as we talk about parenting, uh, we need to kind of unpack some things. Because there's no more important thing to do as we do the work of God than to parent like God. That is like the first work that we're supposed to do as we do the work of God is to parent like God. You see, no life is more open to shaping or misshaping than the life of a child. We would all agree about the vulnerabilities that a child has. And, and, and honestly, all of us here are living stories to both the shaping and the misshaping of our own childhoods, right? Some of those in big and obvious ways, some of those in, in horrendous ways, but some of those in even the subtle ways. The teacher who looked at you and trusted you and believed in you and you stepped up and rose up to their expectations and you became more. Or the teacher or coach who looked at you and said, you'll never be anything. You, are, you will never amount to anything. Go, go sit in the back of the class. And those shapings or misshapings are profound. A child is soft clay. And some of those touches that that you received in the second grade or the eighth grade, they are touches that still shape us and you today. See, God could have revealed himself in a thousand different ways. As you think about the God of the universe uh, connecting to creation, he could have have been the emperor, king, king. Although he is, he could have been the divine ruler on high, but he chose to become none of those things, to reveal himself in a different way. God chose to reveal himself in the the vision of a loving father to a willing family. That's who God is. That's who God wants to be. And all of those terms matter, a loving father to a willing family. That is everything. So I want you to remember that. As we talk about parenting, we're going to start about parenting like God. So we need to know what kind of a parent God is. And, and, and we need to know who God is. God is the loving father of a willing family. And that is what he wants to be forever. <laughs> the God who could have anything, all that he wants, is to be family together in willing ways. In Romans chapter 1, verse 7. First Corinthians 1 3. Second Corinthians 1.3, 2 Corinthians 1.2, Galatians 1.3, Ephesians 1.2, and Philippians 1.2. Paul headlines his letter with this statement, Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. God our Father, that's how he wants to be known. And that's how he wants to be known to you. And this, there's so much here, we can't unpack it all. Um, We're going to try to do what we can. And and it's true for for women and men, but there is something about the father-son relationship that profoundly shapes the manhood of a man for the rest of his life. And so many of of you men, us men here, did not have present fathers who shaped us in, in emotionally healthy ways. And so, for all of us, there is the need to search the Scriptures and allow the Spirit of God to work inside of us so that we rediscover the fatherhood of God and we understand the kindness and the love and the compassion and the grace of God. Years ago in this church, I talked to a, a man here who was kind of a, a very harsh man generally to, to most people. And, uh, and he told me, he said, I'm very hard on my kids because it's a hard world. And I'm harsh with them because I want them to be ready for the world. And, you know, you guys, some, you think I'm a pastor and I only think good godly thoughts and I'm and, uh, happy all the time. Uh, but that's not the case. I, I just, I, I, I wanted to say to this man, you, you know, I don't know, fill in the blank with something appropriate, but you are... Loved by a God who sent his only son as a sacrifice. And all of your life, God has gently invited you into his love. He has loved you from the rising of the sun to the setting of the same. He has offered you grace and mercy for all the sins you've ever committed. He has spoken kindness to you on every page of the scriptures. And yet you're going to turn around having been parented like that. And you're going to be cruel to your kids. You are foolish. Our parenting has to be modeled in the parenting of God. And, and the reality is that that God wants to be known as a father, and he is a good good father. One of my, my favorite stories is, is John telling the, the story of his son as, as on the radio, Good Good Father's being played. Y'all remember the song? Amen. And and John's little boy is in the back seat and he starts singing aloud to the song, um, you, you know, which is better than, than the radio. A child has the ability to recognize the goodness of God. And of course, we all remember in the Lord's Prayer, as Jesus taught us how to pray, you remember his words, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Hey, where do you live? You guys are so sharp. (laughs) You are so sharp, man. You took it home quickly. And, and, and on earth means in your home. It means in your life and in all the imperfections of your own upbringing and all the imperfections of your own life here, your will be done in my world as it is in heaven forever. That is not wishful thinking, it is, a, it is, it is faithful possibility. Our Father. And there's a whole message series in just the gracious inclusion of Jesus Christ, who was the perfect son of God, including a sinner like me, and, and y'all too, I guess, um, and, 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 and letting us share his family, inviting us into a relationship with his, his dad, his Abba. You know, we often hear it said, we're all God's children, but... While true, I want to tell you that it's more not true than true, because the truth is it's more accurate to say we are all God's creation of infinite worth, made in His image. Delighted in by God, but we do not become His children until we willingly become His children by receiving His Son, Jesus Christ, putting our faith in the bridge to His Father. And when we are willingly members of His family, then we are God's kids. And so again, I just want to tie that into the kind of church that we are called to become. We are called to become a church not of the reluctant, not of the stingy, not of the uninvolved, not of the critical, not of the, of, the, of the self-centered. We are called to become a church of the, of the living God, a, a church of people who believe in, in the power of God's love and in the, the closeness of God's family because He is a good, good Father. And he's always doing good things in the life of his kids. Some of those things we don't understand in the moments. But in all things the scripture teaches us that God works for our good. There has been nothing in your life beyond the reach of God's redeeming goodness. If we are willing but the modern church has gotten into this passive, do-nothing, uh, critical mode of, of even prioritizing politics over, over speaking the, the, the saving words of Jesus and, and, and offering the healing touch of his actions. And, and, and we have become a church of the unwilling. No. You know, uh, I, I got to say, if Marsh had walked down the aisle... And the pastor, uh, Pastor Abi had said, "Uh, "Marsha, do you take this man to be your lawfully wedded husband? I don't know. (laughs) I guess. (laughs) You know, what? You what? I think I'd have walked away. The reality is, we need to become the beloved children of God who are ever more willing to let His will be done in our lives, let His kingdom come in our lives, and to, to... be his love in a broken world. Sin is our walk away from God. The blood of Jesus is our forgiveness of sin and our invitation back. Even in the parable of the of the prodigal son, we see the story of the Jew and the Gentile. These two sons, pictures of two, um, you know, two sections of humanity and and the, the Jewish son who in the end is unwilling to come in. Uh, there's the reluctant, uh, unwilling son. The, the other son who whose walk away story is our story, the walk away from God into the nothingness of this world to get what we want only to find out there's nothing there. And for this child to be eating the husk given to pigs in a famine, he finally comes to his senses and comes home. Guys, I want to say to so many of us wounded adults here, it's time to come home. It's time to turn to your father and just trust him. The last thing Satan wants you to do in this world is put your eyes on Jesus. He will do anything in the world so that you don't look at Jesus and see his his love in his eyes. He will get you to think about people, problems, anything in the world. But he does not want you to look at Jesus because when you look at Jesus, you, you, you see the Father's love calling you home. And all you have to do is to be willing. So who's God? He's the loving Father of a willing family. He doesn't do reluctant He does do patient. (laughs) He does do forgiveness. He does do do do-overs. He's, you know, is God the God of second chances? Yes, but I'm just, I'm so glad he's not the God of just second chances. Because that for me would have been about 3,000 chances ago. (laughs) God is the God of of loving grace who wants his children just to to come and to to live in his arms and in his home. And, And I would just ask you today, do you know who God is? second thing I want to share with you as a foundation for the series is that to be God's child is to love God's children. Again, taking back that we are called to be loved and then to be loved. And when you and I become the child of God, then we have a new supernatural concern for the children of God. And for the other people that God wants to be His kids. And, and as we talk about the most vulnerable population on planet Earth, we are talking about children. This includes all the kids that He's given you. Some of you, you know, you may have wanted children and you were not, you were not given children. Some of you have children that you may not want. <laughs> but I, wanna, I, wanna, I know you love your kids passionately. But this includes all the kids God's given you and the ones in the world that He wants to be His. They're all of infinite worth to our our loving Heavenly Father. And I want to introduce a concept to you. Again, it may not make much sense to you but now, but in the next two, three weeks, I I pray that it will. It's the concept of maturing into a child. Okay? And, And to mature into a child means that that you willingly, eagerly, day by day, actively. Jesus said, follow me. That's not a passive thing. That's not a once a week thing. It's something that you actively choose to do. You cooperate with. You run after. Let us run the race that we are, that we are called to. You choose to be God's child. And then, and then you choose to, to love God's, God's kids that he created uh, and, and, and he wants to, to call home. The more you mature into becoming a child, the more you value and lift up the children um, in the world, all of them, including honoring them, noticing them, listening to them, and leading them to the arms of Jesus. Jesus talked about this in Matthew chapter 18, verses 1 through 7. And the the Scripture tells us that the the disciples who'd been around this supernatural Son of God uh, for some time are having a, a... uh, you know, a wonderful conversation uh, reflecting on the meaning of his life. No, they're asking this. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked him, hey, who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? <laughs> and, and this was a chest-bumping argument uh, with a bunch of me in it as the disciples are all gathered around. All these adults are gathered around having missed their true calling of the understanding of, of who God is. He is Heavenly Father. Jesus goes on and says to them, uh, you know, in, in his actions, calling a little child to them, placing the child in front of them. You know, Jesus used actions to, to speak his words often. Truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. So that, so that the true, um, you know, authentic stamp of God's approval, love of Jesus is, is loving the, the, those who are least uh, powerful, least able, most vulnerable. And again, children are at the front of that list. Their lives are are more shapeable and misshapable by, by the human beings around them than any other um, segment of population on planet Earth. So here's the deal. Unless we change from, our, uh, from being hard shell adults protecting ourselves, focused on our jobs and making a living, paying rent or mortgage, making our way through the world trying to control people and circumstances, all to our own ends, to our own ideas, serving as our own God, you know, I want to structure the order of the universe to accomplish what I think should happen, and your role in this drama called life is to please me or to serve me, right? No, but that's that's how we act when we're trying to control people. Let me, let me just give you a, a quick insight. We're going to come back to this uh, and unpack it a lot more, but I, I just want, to, I want you to, to learn to parent like, like God. I want to parent like God, and God does not parent through control. In fact, control is something that is demonic. We talk about demonic possession where a person loses control. This is what happens to us as we give in to sin of any and all kinds, all kinds of addiction, chemical, non-chemical, uh, food, food. Uh, you know, adoration of others, whatever sin that we walk into, it increasingly um, diminishes our own free will and takes control. And and again, in the end, even the ultimate of demon possession is is the heart of hell and the, the antithesis of heaven. Heaven is about willingness and influence and not control. So Andy Stanley... Um, you know, illustrates kind of what we're looking for in the life of a child. This is birth, um, and this is maturity, and these are all the years in between. And and when a child is born, uh, we as parents are in a position of—that's actually an L of uh, of of high con- uh, control, right? I mean, what what don't you control in the life of a child? I mean. <laughs> Everything they can't even roll their little heads. They you know, they 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 can't do anything and so so you get you know, you're controlling everything and and you know that that works at first But the reality is that as time goes forward and and as child reaches 18 21 and 25 uh, your ability to control things drops drastically any of y'all notice that <laughs> now now the on the other hand um, you know uh, what, what we want in, in the child's life in the end is influence and influence means the child willingly comes to us because they they know that we love them and will uh, you know, trust us and they will look for the, the, the best influence is is given love. It's openness and vulnerability. I am opening my life up to you because I know you're not going to try to control me, but you're going to love me. You're going to help. And so, as a, as, a, as a baby, you know, how much moral influence do you have with a baby? Well, they really don't care. <laughs> but as time goes by, and your child gets 24, 25, and, and above, That's where you want them to be. But if you try to maintain control uh, in this this growth season, if you try to to keep control through here, what you will absolutely do is you will destroy your influence. Again, we'll unpack this a a little bit later, Um, but this is, is just some of the ways that God parents, He doesn't control. Although He is in control of everything, He does not control us and our free will. But He invites us to willingly follow Him, to willingly trust Him, to willingly give our lives to Him, to willingly risk everything that we see for for an infinite uh, eternity that that we we can only see by faith. So adults, you got to change and become like a child. This whole journey we talked about is a journey to Maturity. And ironically enough, for those of us who are adults, we have to mature to becoming a child, a child of the Heavenly Fathers. We have to learn to play again. We have to learn to, to, uh, to be vulnerable. We've all been hurt as adults. We have our guards up. We have had people lie to us, use us. Um, you know, human love and sexuality have been so uh, warped and distorted for selfishness that 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 you know it 's it's a, it's a shadow of what God created, and, and we are honestly in, in many ways we, we are like we are like cars in in the junkyard with so many dents and so many wrecks and so many cracks, and we have to to mature into the recreating love of God, letting ourselves be loved, trusting not as a cynical adult. Uh, you know, looking for the work of our ego to control the world and people's opinion around us. But, but we have to mature as a, to become a child in a position of, of love, of trust. And, and then we have to love as we are being loved. The truth is, you'll never become a healthy parent or adult in the world until you become a willing child of the Father. And all that you do on earth really will, uh, will not be about your kids. It will be about you through your kids. A lot of us are really concerned about family appearances, how we appear. You know, the stereotype of pastors is, you know, that they have to have the perfect kids and the perfect families, and, and, um, and, and that's, that's just, it's not only a myth, it's, it's I don't know what it is, but it's, it doesn't exist. When you become a willing child of your Heavenly Father, you then willingly uh, welcome your child uh, into your life in a new way, and, and, and it's not just the child then that God has given you that you focus to love. You also begin to love the child um, that, that is not biologically yours as well, all of it in eternally healthy ways, all of it like God, all of it in Christ. There's so much here to unpack. But for many, it's the journey back through a misshapen childhood into a surrendered life reshaped by God's agape love. God, guys, there is no wound in your past that God cannot heal. There, there is no lie that's playing in your head about who you really are that cannot be uh, destroyed and, and, you know, absolutely just banished by the truth of what God would speak to you and what he would say to you. We have to unpack those things. And as God heals the trauma in our past, as we accept the forgiveness of God, as we begin to live with a rising hope in our lives, as we, we ever more willingly become the Father's child, then the reality is that we have a new power inside of us through faith in Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit to to love in supernatural ways. The agape of God overflows through us. We're no longer self-centered. We're no longer overwhelmed. We have overflowing love in us and now we who are in pain with Christ can now notice the pain of others. We're not overwhelmed and self-centered. We are now able to look around in our world and see who's hurting and we're able to look at the children around us and and to see the other kids who are, are ignored, not loved, not noticed, who nobody's emotionally present to, who's fathers are being harsh to them in some misguided notion of of maturity and you can make an eternal difference on the life of your own child and even the life of a child who's biologically not yours and you and I are called to look for every chance we can to lift up the life of a child in healthy God honoring ways that, that parent like him God reshapes our identity he allows us to forgive and, And be free from our past. God reveals our created purpose as He parents us, and He leads us into a joyful life of willing relationship as His forever kids. Again, parenting has probably never been more hard than it is today, and I believe there are more children with emotionally and physically absent parents than ever before. Dads, I want to say to you your job is not to bring home the bacon, your job is to be with your child. Your job is to nurture and to build up. Your job is to parent like God and love like God and notice like God and believe like God and invest like God and forgive like God and persevere like God. And it all begins at home. Nurturing and bringing out the very best of your own children. But but again, please understand it doesn't end there. Jesus goes on to say in this passage, and whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. Well, what does that mean to, you know, to, to get to meet Jesus in, in the loving of a child? Um, I don't know. Go spend the rest of your life figuring it out. But in part, it means to notice the pain of a child. It means to notice the loneliness of a child, the fears, and the anxiety of a child. You know, the emotions of a child are as real as your own. And every time you dismiss that, oh, you're, you know, that, that's nothing. You, you shouldn't, you're, you're misshaping the life of a child and you're not loving like God. It means to, to, to welcome a child in Jesus' name means that you're not, not such a busy adult that you're emotionally absent for your, from your child. You're too busy at work to do the real work of your life, which is to be the well-loved child of God who's loving children well. It means to love in such a way that a child begins to see Jesus in you and learns from you to run to him. Parents, if you can teach your child to run to Jesus, for the rest of your life, you will have done all that you need to do. It means to build up and invite godly influence instead of tearing down and trying to control. Let me wrap up and just say Jesus ends this passage emphasizing how seriously he takes the treatment of children. And he says this, if anyone causes one of these little ones who believes in me to stumble, it would be better for them to have a large millstone tied around their neck and for them to be thrown into the depths of the sea to be drowned. Woe to the world because uh, uh, of such a person through whom they come. If you and I are responsible for the hurting of a child, we will answer to an all-powerful and almighty God. If we do not willingly receive the grace of lovingly being a part of his family, then we will unwillingly, unwillingly receive the judgment of having rejected his family and of misshaping the lives of, of children around us. Guys, I don't know how you were parented. You've heard me joke and say, I think I was raised by wolves. Um, the, the truth is I was raised by, by two very wounded kids, who were so wounded by their childhoods that they never really got over it and were never able to really be present in their own. My last words from my father as I stayed with him all night in the hospital as he was dying of cancer were, I can't believe what I did to you boys. I don't want any of you all to ever have to have those words of regret. And I wanna say to you it's never too late to begin again. And you can't control how your child responds We're not into control. (laughs) We're into love that invites influence, right? But I want to challenge you to, to allow the love of God begin to do a new work in you and for you to mature, to grow up spiritually, and to learn to become like a child and so trusting God that now you're free and available to notice the children around you. And as you have the chance and opportunity both in your home with your own kids and your grandkids. And then as you have the chance with other people's children that you that you honor God by honoring them any and every way you can. You notice Jesus by noticing them any time you can. You build up the body of Christ, by by nurturing and and raising them up any way you can, every time you can, as often as you can. So here's what I want to leave you with to do. To be loved. And to become God's child by trusting Jesus. Have you trusted Jesus willingly (laughs) for life? Not talking about some past decision that years ago you had a religious moment or, you know, you had some kind of church experience. Have you allowed yourself to be born again as the well-loved child of God? Lost in His arms, found in His heart for the rest of your life, trusting His love and allowing His kingdom to come and His will to be done in the lives of others. The second thing I want you to do after you allow yourself to be loved through faith in Christ is to be love. I want you to become God's love to every child you can, in any way you can, for the rest of your life. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads right now, if you will. Um, and, uh, and I'm just going to lead you in a short prayer. If you would like to receive Jesus... Uh, as your Savior, if you would like to let God become your Father today, I want you just to, to open your heart to Him and, and, and express these words to the Father. Just repeat them silently as I repeat them aloud Dear God, I want to be your child. I open my life to receive Jesus as my Savior and my Lord. I commit to willingly following you for the rest of my days. Thank you for saving me with no one looking around everybody's eyes closed this is private, personal if you prayed that prayer for the first time in your life would you just lift your hand just lift it up and say today I I accepted Jesus I received Him it's life changing if you're a parent today I'm going to ask you in these next few moments just to surrender your parenting um, to, to Jesus it's never too late to start again There's never hopeless (laughs) in in, in the the eyes of the God of hope. Would you open up your heart to love every child you can for Jesus? I ask you just to repeat these words after me. My Father, I've opened my life to be your child. And I open my life to love your children. In Jesus' name, amen. I am so looking forward to what God's redeeming love is going to do through your faith in your families in the days to come.